When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and and talk talk about about it. it. We're very excited to have all of you here listening today. I want to give a shout out to uh, our new $8 Patreon uh, tier people. Um, And I will give a shout out to them. But like... You know, later at the end of the episode, I will, we will say their names, and then Vince, uh, you will uh, give them a little mafioso nickname, won't you? Mm, yep, that's right. I always want you to respond during the call to action, but you're always like, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, I got distracted. Yeah, well, you know, that's a problem with doing this over the computer is that uh, you have a lot of computer to look at. Yeah. Just a reminder. It's true. Give, Give us uh, five stars and a review on uh, on the Apple Podcast Store. And also, new thing, um, why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button? I noticed that uh, sometimes the episodes uh, on the Apple Store and then also on like Spotify and shit, like they get mixed up. I don't know why. It's a both of them are shitty at doing like you know things that you'd expect to be easy so just press subscribe and then you won't have that problem the episode will just pop right up so please do that and uh thank you for listening uh and thanks for your help vince yeah Um, do that do what matt (laughs) says you guys he's he's a cool guy i'm a great guy uh speaking of great guys uh today our guest is a fantastic human being a dear dear friend who i've known for the longest time uh we you know we knew each other back in the day back when i used to uh do stand-up uh and uh or i mean i still do stand-up but back when i used to do sketch comedy in college doesn't matter hilarious human being ladies and gentlemen our guest today is greg edwards hey 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 What's uh up, matt man? man you were you were like the best dude in your in your comedy troupe you're kind of playing uh, yourself a little short well, well i would thank you you're yeah, right yeah, you're, I was, you're, the, you're the funny dude in your troupe Wait, i was the funny one did was greg there for the spitter spedacle night spitter no spedacle night. No, no, no no that is a very so Matt's brother ruined his sketch show one night. Yeah, and, long story oh, yeah? short. Some kind yeah. of Wes Anderson cutscene. Yeah, one time it, there, we had like an audience plant bit that we would do and we yeah, needed someone. to do that. Yeah, yeah, we would do that. Uh, you know, uh, we were really, we weren't hacks at all. Um, <laughs> the whole bit was there was a coal miner in a like a rainbow rainbow speakers you know it'd be like uh, you know uh, people for like lgbt people and native people and one of them was a coal miner that was the whole joke 
Was this and, in the dark room? Uh, no, this was this was at a like uh, some uh, equivalently shitty theater in okay. Los Angeles. Um, oh, nice! It was in L.A. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, we did we did one road show that went terribly because my brother fucked it up, <laughs> and uh, instead of saying swallow or spittoon, he said swallow or spadackle. He just made up a word because uh, you know. Because he's cool like that. But anyways. <laughs> I like how I give you shit for wasting too much time before we get to like the intro and start the show. And then I just let you launch into like a 10 minute long story. <laughs> story about my brother. Because I forced you to. <laughs> you really did. But uh, but yeah. But Greg, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. Oh, uh, I appreciate thanks for it. having me, man. Uh, thanks for getting me to watch Sopranos. You know, Sopranos was on my list like during this quarantine to like go back and check it out. And I'm glad I got to uh, see that episode. It yeah. Kinda, it's it's going to make me force me to like go back and uh, watch it a lot more. I used I'd to love not- that show. Yeah. I've noticed that like, uh, that people that we have on the podcast, uh, you know, they'll have watched it once and then they'll come on to watch, you know, the one episode to talk about. And then they end up watching the whole thing, which just yeah. speaks to, uh, how great this podcast is or the show. I can't <laughs> sure. tell which one. Yeah, one of it made two. me sad. Made me think about James, how good uh, Gandolfini I was, know. man. That dude is like just a talented motherfucker, man. He was. He was. Damn. It's very, very sad. R.I.P. to uh, James Gandolfini. Um, so you watched it when it originally came out or when, when were you watching it? When it originally came out. I remember the first when they were promoting it. I was a big... I mean, I wanted to be an actor back then, so um, yeah. I used to watch all that stuff. I remember watching the first episode of Sex in the City, and I was like, come on, I thought he said more nudity. I thought nudity. What's up, <laughs> yeah, <man?"> right? <laughs> Where's the Completely. Nudity? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember watching it, and I was thinking when I saw the title, Sopranos, I was like, what is this, like a course? Yeah. I was like, God, it's like, this is a, come on, man, I don't want to see... And then I was like, oh, Sopranos, Italian, yeah. <laughs> gangster, mafia, modern yeah. time. Cool. I'm all yeah. about it. I feel like yeah. if this came out now, they would have changed the name or like, I mean, I thought the same thing. It's one of those names that you forget the days before it was, you know, like a common term. But yeah, if you just heard that, you're like, what the fuck? The Sopranos, what does that I, I mean? I remember thinking the same thing. I also thought it had something to do with singing. Yeah. I thought like maybe it was a family of people who had really high voices and uh, that was just like their curse. Sometimes you know? a name will ruin a show. Remember that show Terriers? Everybody, I never Terriers. watched it. Everybody said like, oh, you gotta watch Terriers. It's so good. And I'm like, Terriers? What the fuck is that? Still don't yeah. know, but I heard it was good and I feel like the name was the reason that people didn't watch it. Names are that, important. They are. I had that with movies like Vince uh, Mancini. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect name. But yeah, I, I finally found my done. niche in doing this podcast. I know. It's a fucking you, great name, man. It's like, what the fuck? Come on, man. It's a great fucking name. It took me like 30 seconds. That's why I was like, what? Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm, I'm such a name. Like, yeah, I'm so jealous. But yeah, I, I'm sorry. Keep going, guys. No, I mean, uh, you're right. Vince has a great name. It's also happens to be the name of Sonny Corleone from The Godfather. His bastard son mm-hmm. uh, was Vincent Mancini. And he's. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's played by Andy Garcia the Jewish, in Godfather. Uh, 3. The Jewish Godfather character's Cuban son was named Vince Mancini. <laughs> That's right. You mean because James Conn was Jewish? Yeah. Or yeah. is Jewish? He's still alive, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he such is. a great character. That that first Godfather, 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh the best. The best. Uh Such but a good movie. this is not a Godfather podcast cuz that yeah. would be that would be weird to have a podcast about one movie. <laughs> Who would do that? Uh no, this is a Sopranos podcast and uh, before we get into it, we must first of course play the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else. Today we are going to be talking about from season four of The Sopranos, episode seven, watching too much television, which uh, premiered on uh, October twenty seventh, two thousand and two. Uh, Vince. Can you let us know what the synopsis of this episode is, according to IMDb? Yeah, this one's a little more in-depth than the last few, which is nice. Uh, Adriana learns that life is not like TV shows. While Tony discovers that a former girlfriend has moved on, along with Ralphie and others, they scam the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Yeah, it's a strange sentence, but that is... Yeah, that uh, is... uh, Yeah, you got a clause that's not really... Have, doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the sentence. Okay. Yeah, a random clause in the middle, uh, and then at the end, something else. But hey, uh, what was happening, Vince, when this episode was coming That's out? That's right, Matt. You know, you cannot evaluate art without cultural context. And, uh, you know, this show uh, first aired October 27th, 2002. Uh, and we're going to get out the Remember When machine and go back there to see what was happening. All right. Not finding the file. There we go. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, bop, bop, shoo, bop, remember then, 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 remember, remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. That's right. Um, a lot of things happened this week uh, in history, October 27, 2002. Um, this was the week that the uh, DC sniper was finally caught. Oh, they got him. Man. That's right. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> the, oh, the I don't remember doing those jokes. <laughs> God, those terrible jokes. There was, oh, yeah. There's a bit of controversy because basically they when when they caught these guys, everybody realized how fucked up the investigation was because they caught them yeah. in like their, their tricked out Caprice Classic, even though the D.C. Uh, sheriff, sheriff or police chief, I can't remember. Uh, They're all had, looking for a white van. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Everyone was scared of vans, and it turned out not to be the case. Yeah. So from the New York Times version, uh, the headline is, uh, Miscues in Sniper Pursuit, Then Calls and a Big Break. Um, New York Post, a little more uh, a little more to the point. No clue how these guys nailed Sniper. It was like a bad game of Clue with totally clueless players. It's the Hispanic nice. man in a cream Astro van on the Beltway. It's Middle Eastern terrorists in a panel truck on the grassy knoll at Ponderosa. It's skinny teens in a white Ford SUV with a broken taillight at Home Depot. Uh, it was hard to know what was worth, worse during the psycho sniper spree, the endless press briefings by the cops and the feds, or the endless coverage by crazed TV newscasters featuring one ridiculous profile after the next. 
So was the news just making up who did it the whole time until they caught the person? Is that what was happening? I mean, there was a lot of speculation, but then also a lot of the early police things that they leaked were also wrong. So, yeah. (laughs) That was a crazy time, man. Because, I mean, the news were just basically telling people like, yo, it's somebody shooting people in a car. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, so if you see a car, run. Yeah. Yeah. I remember people, I remember like the comedians were like, saying the jokes comics were doing like i got gas and i just run i'm just running and filling up my tank and i'm running back and forth i love that whenever there's something like this there's always like there's always like an entire generation of comedians who have bits about it but (laughs) they're like i gotta let it go now i still i remember the uh chilean miner solely because of all the bad jokes about the chilean miner that's right (laughs) and i remember one guy trying to do a chilean miner joke like two months later and it was like he's clearly he really liked his chilean miner joke but he he didn't have the heart to take it out of his act and i was like dude no one fucking let it go dude yeah it's gone yeah this is not evergreen material it's so hard to write stand-up though dude that's why you you keep these jokes because you're just like well, like, I know people who, you know, they, I remember someone doing an Alien Gonzalez joke in 2012, and I remember <laughs> just being like, bro, you can't, you gotta let <laughs> no, that one go. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, though. It's hard. DC Sniper was caught on the 24th. Uh, on the 25th, uh, Minnesota Senator Paul Wellstone uh, mm. died in a plane crash just oh, like yeah. two weeks before the election. Um, they, the Democrats ended up replacing him with Walter Mondale, who was 74 and had lost a presidential election in a landslide, uh, to Ronald Reagan in 1984. Um, right. and, uh, he of course lost that Senate race and Democrats, uh, lost the Senate and, uh, Trent Lott became the majority leader and, uh, he <laughs> later resigned in disgrace for being uh, corrupt as hell. Really? There was a, you know, that's crazy to think that there was a time when like politicians used to resign for being corrupt. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> now they just double down on it. They're just like the system's corrupt. Then people are like, yeah, yeah, that's true though. That's true. Keep doing corruption then. It's fine. Uh, yeah. It's allowed. But in lighter news, uh, the top movies in America were Jackass the movie. Good movie. Can you believe it was 2002 was the first Jackass movie? God. Yeah. I mean, it was a popular series, I think, at that point in the in like the late 90s, early 2000s, right? Yeah. Or, I, can't or, believe, I can't believe or, that dude's doing comedy now. <laughs> I can't, do it. so bad every time <laughs> of, I see him. Of course. Like, really? Of course, dude. Like, fucking. That's, that's the one thing that I've learned in doing stand-up is that, like, what I should have done was just like, you know, like eat doo-doo off the street or whatever, <laughs> or whatever these guys do and just like get famous that way first and then do stand up. I mean, that's what like, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't bug me that he's doing a stage show. Cause I actually watched Steve. I interviewed Steve and watched his whole special. And like when he's just doing spoken word and like talking about w- things that happened to him, it's really interesting. But then when he tries to put like 
little stand-up jokes at the end. You're like, why? Yeah. Why do we need to yeah. do this? Just talk. Just, yeah. Like, there's a thing just called talk, spoken dude. word that you could do. Yeah. And everybody... You're would... allowed to just do a live show yeah. and just have people come to see you. I love that people are like, no, but I have to have bits written out. It's like, you don't. They're not no. going for the bits. They're yeah, going to watch you eat doo-doo. Go watch speaker, Henry Rollins. He used to just talk. He didn't have jokes. Totally. He it didn't, was good. He didn't need jokes. Yeah. There's people that, like, if you just want to hear about their life, uh, you don't need to turn it into, like, a dumb joke i'm semi-positive that henry rollins has never told a joke in his life <laughs> yeah like he seems like the type of dude if you tr- if you if he was at a stand-up show you would bomb just from looking at him <laughs> he's one of those dudes who just like would cross his arms and you'd be like oh, okay i'm gonna try to make this guy laugh and then you just you'd end and you'd call your dad and see if he would say he loved you anyways you know how it goes. Uh, intense. number he's yeah. intense number two yeah, movie the ring number three ghost ship uh mm. top pop song is uh dilemma by nelly back on top nelly and oh, kelly nice. roland could have oh, yeah. just gone by nelly and kelly but they didn't um they didn't <laughs> top rock song is uh she hates me by puddle of mud oh yeah, yeah, I, remember yeah I remember that, that. which she i gotta say i feel me. like that's the lone uh new metal or whatever the fuck this era of like grunge revival new metal shit she hates me is like the one song where i'm like yeah that song was all right I was always kind of tripped out by Puddle of Mud because it's so clear that they were Puddle of Blood and then there was another <laughs> band called Puddle of Blood, so they changed their name. I don't know that for a fact, but that had to be I never case. considered it. Oh, I thought about it all the time. I'd be like, who would go with mud over blood? Puddle of Mud. I like <laughs> Puddle of Mud. I like, I like Puddle of Mud. Where- I mean, you know, Puddle of Mud, I mean, I could see it working, but it also, it just implies a lot. It implies the music sounds muddy. It's just like, go with blood, but they didn't want to go with blood. Anyways, maybe. Maybe they drank, they like those pomegranates, those P-O-M pomegranates. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible, but yeah, that song wasn't terrible, but yeah. That's been the Remember When Machine. All right. Well, then we should get into this episode um, of The Sopranos because this is a Sopranos podcast and it is literally what we're supposed to be doing. So let's talk about it. Um, Like you said, this uh, synopsis says Adriana learns that uh, life is not like a TV show. Tony discovers former girlfriend moved on, blah, 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 blah. It's all very boring. This is a weird episode to have a long IMDb synopsis for, Mm. you know, because it's like usually they're like a sentence. And I'm like, this is one sentence. It's, you know, we follow Tony as he does a uh, housing scam with uh, a couple of uh, X-60s radicals. But um, I I actually have um, my own version of the synopsis. Oh, please. Vince, yeah. And uh, that's why I'm presenting to y'all the Bada B stories. (laughs) Tony, I'm gonna do the Bada B stories. I'm so sorry. This is the one with the housing scam. Zellman becomes Irina's man. Chrissy yells at Adriana high on smack. The episode is a little woke and a little bit anti-black. Well, okay, I gotta stop. Did you just did you fast forward the tape? What's happening here? No, I I sped it up because I realized when I was doing it after it was done, it was like two minutes long. Okay. I was like, ah, this can't be. I can't do a two minute song. All right, and yeah, All well, right. Done. well Keep- done. Adriana is a fool 
What is that song? That that song is called "Oh Girl" by the Shy Lights. Oh it plays, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. plays throughout the whole. Sure, thing. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I I fear I fear that there is a large contingent of listeners to the show who don't watch the episode and then listen to it and then (laughs) listen to me doing a song and go why did he do this song (laughs) and uh that's why everyone that is why but uh do you do a song every episode you know it's started to it started to be like that greg (laughs) i didn't used to but then he's married to the bit like we said he's like the chilean miner I dedicate myself to the bit, and honestly, I feel like people appreciate the dedication. But uh, yeah, um, one of the lyrics in there uh, sped up, so it probably didn't sound good, um, is that this episode is a little woke and also a little bit anti-black. This was kind of the feeling that I had about it. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel personally, Greg, but I thought it was like this episode did a great job of showing how the mafia and also like our kind of political institutions take advantage of systems that are set up to support lower income communities and black communities, but then also has these things where they um, kind of like, I don't know, every scene with the crackheads made me uncomfortable. That was maybe I'm just uh, yeah. uh, like a liberal snowflake or whatever, but like maybe it's just anti-crack. It's just anti-crack? Is that what? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's one thing I appreciate about The Sopranos is that yeah. they don't front, you no. know, like, yeah. <laughs> they don't front about anything, you know, no. like, yeah. they'll say bad shit about other races, mm-hmm. you know, they're very anti all other races. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's almost uh, like equal opportunity racists. Uh, they're anti-women, is- they're anti <laughs> All of the above. And I, I respect that about like uh, shows that really show that. Because that's how, I mean, that's how it really is. Just like yeah, The Wire yeah. is the yeah. same way when they are going against white folks or like other people. They talk that shit. And that's yeah, how yeah. It, it's truthful. I, and I, I appreciate it. The Wire does uh, like the almost like the purpose of it is to get into um, kind of like the the lives the personal lives of all these distinct characters from all walks of life in you know in baltimore whereas like with this show they'll they'll do something you know like showing for example i love that they showed tony um trying to teach aj about (laughs) the italian american experience (laughs) yeah and uh and in teaching him about the Italian American experience, it is clear that what he's actually doing is trying to separate 
Italian American immigrants from black people specifically. You know, he he talks about like, oh, you know, they don't want, you know, we didn't come here asking for a handout from the government and whatnot. You know, we got up on our own two feet and we did it ourselves. We got up on like, our own two feet and we learned how to do graft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the weird choice that this that this uh, episode makes. Um, and I think it's it's just off in like one one or two small ways, but I think the one thing that where it's off is that they made the politician have the be the one that has the conf, the uh, conscience at the end, like mm. where uh, like Zelman suddenly grows like the guy who's a New Jersey assemblyman, which basically probably like mainly only exists uh, in order you know, to do corruption. And then at the end right. of the episode, he's like, don't you ever feel bad? And then, uh, and then his buddy Maurice has to like, tell him like, nah, man, it's cool. Uh, someone else would have done this. I feel like that should have been the other way around. Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. But then again, uh, I think I relate a lot to having guilt, uh, over things and then asking my black friends whether or not my guilt is warranted. <laughs> And I relate a lot to Maurice, just like, nah, fuck it, dog. It's all bad anyway. We might as well get this money. Yeah, exactly. uh, Somebody else is going to do it. Not to that extreme, but, you know, after the years, you you sort of get, uh, you know, like, ah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he talks about like, you know, just like this. Uh, he th- he at one point thought he was making a difference, but then there's like an endless tide of problems and eventually just get to eventually you get I, divorced and you got to pay your your child's wife and your your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's let's start first and foremost. Uh, I think let's just start with uh, with Tony's uh, storyline, um, because it is the whole thing, uh, in my opinion. Uh so we start out with uh, Polly. He gets out of prison, and uh, you know uh, Tony gives him some money to uh, you know. I guess is that part of like it with the mafia? It's like as soon as you get get out, they give you some money so you can. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I rent. I don't know based on the mafia things that I've watched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm asking you, Vince, because I assume you know because your last name is Mancini. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we mostly give each other envelopes of cash at any special occasion, like whether it's a wedding, yeah. uh, funeral, uh, you yeah. just got out of prison, yeah, your kid's graduation party. It's, you know. Envelopes of cash are a very, like, Italian. It seems like it's, like, the Italian's number one thing to do at any event where people are showing up. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember there was that MTV show... God, I forget what, I don't know if it was real life, but I think it was like, a, it was about a wedding and there was like this really, really Guido-y Italian guy who was super yes. aggro and yeah. uh, and he like had a flip out about like how much money he was spending on the wedding and he's like, these motherfuckers, they better put some money in, like, I better not be getting no presents besides money. Like, that, and that's... Uh, I remember that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> that, like a true true life, I'm getting married. Yeah. That felt, <laughs> that felt very Italian to me where it's like, yeah, we're going to spend too much on this wedding, but we're also also going to expect everyone uh to put money in, in envelopes and if they don't they're a piece of shit to bring money <laughs> so yeah. that they could pay I, 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 I love the envelope money that's that's a that's a beautiful thing yeah no it's nice to get an, an envelope full of money honestly is like one of the best presents you can get i uh, i yeah. come from a uh, uh a gift card family and it's uh yeah it's a bullshit know. version of money 
It, it really is. It's like it's it's giving everyone money, but like pretending you're not. Well, the you Jews know, you give gotta... each other money, but then there's chocolate inside, and you're like, "What the fuck?" That's true. I really do think that is probably um, the most offensive thing that we do with each other is <laughs> is like mm, is the fact you want to eat the money, don't you? <laughs> yeah, like what like come this? on, what's this thing? What? <laughs> oh, do you know about chocolate gelt? There's this thing like during Hanukkah. There's like chocolate coins that that you give to kids, and then you literally eat chocolate money, and <laughs> it's something that's very embarrassing for anyone else to see because you're just like you're like yeah, it's a thing. I get. I mean, you know, it's like it reminds me of the Dave Chappelle like uh, chicken bit where like I just watch Matt eating gold, eating chocolate gold. Oh, look at him! He yeah. loves it. He loves. It. <laughs> he loves his chocolate gold. Oh man! But yeah, like um, uh, yeah, no giving money. Actually, I went to like a white trash wedding one time, uh, in uh, in Fresno, uh, Vince. Mm. Uh, not to like denigrate Fresno. Oh yeah, you know, that's where not mine. Where f- no, no, it wasn't yours. No, I went to that was a good wedding. I went to a, like a a white trash wedding. Um, that was it was catered by uh Subway, which is like fine. <laughs> like, listen, not everyone can afford like everything. What, what year was this though? Because Subway's uh, changed. Subway yeah, used to be Subway used to be classy. Yeah, no, it, this was like it, they got like two party subs, so that cost at least like it was at least one hundred and fifty dollars. Like, yeah, we're eating fresh tonight. What, what year though? What year? Uh, was it was it? like two thousand five. You know, okay. two thousand six. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. That's yeah. when it was starting to go downhill. Ninety yeah, subway, yeah. kind of. You know, it's all right. <laughs> no, subway's not terrible. I no, enjoy. Well, yeah, I I don't go to Subway anymore. <laughs> not when there's Jersey Mike's, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I went and. Uh, and they were, did this thing called the money dance, which I didn't know about. And it was like basically the bride and groom danced uh, and people were putting money into the bride's like bra area, you know, into the dress. And I didn't have any cash. So I put change. <laughs> in it. And I was, listen, I was like 20. I yeah. was like a child and I didn't know. And, um, and then everyone looked at me like I was like <laughs> trash. And I was like, first of all, okay, Subway is the caterer. And also, what is the money dance? I'm not trash. I'm just ignorant. Also, yeah, uh, I gave a lot of shitty wedding presents before I was 25. But in my mind, it's like, hey, don't get fucking married when you're like 22 if you don't want to get shitty presents. I think, you know, that's the rule, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how it goes. If I'm in a wedding... If I have to be in your wedding and I'm renting the tuxedo and everything, I'm not giving you a gift, dog. Me being here, <laughs> <laughs> me paying all this shit and knowing like you guys are going to divorce or something's going to happen soon yeah. is my part of the wedding. Yeah, yeah. It does feel weird giving a gift to a couple at a wedding that you know is going to divorce because you're just like, you're not even going to use the toaster. Yeah. Like one so, of you's gonna take it. And gonna, honestly, I'm giving you a weapon and not not a present. This is <laughs> yeah, gonna get thrown exactly. at someone. It's a glorified exactly. party right now. Yeah, <laughs> come on. This is a party for because you guys are still fucking, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Paulie returns. He gets some money, um, and uh, and Tony um, brings over cousin Brian. Now, this is the third or fourth time that we've seen cousin Brian just hanging out with tony 
Um, and of course, he s- does a stupid joke to Pauly, where he's just like, "Yeah, you just get out. You, he's, you just get back from college." And it's like, "Motherfucker, you're not in the mafia. Please stop <laughs> yeah. talking like you Your are." Your name's Brian. <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no mafioso ever named Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then of course, I'm just thinking about the FBI having to wiretap someone named Brian. Yeah, yeah, oh, just, uh, Brian, a.k.a. Brian the Beak. Uh, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Cousin Brian is with them. They all wake up the next day at the Bing, and uh, they all get breakfast. It's Tony and Ralphie and Cousin Brian get breakfast. Uh, and at that breakfast, Brian tells them about the scam that is going to be the remainder of this episode. Um, for me, I'm watching it. I'm just like, why is this guy here? I There's think no it, reason. Well, I think it's because Brian is not in the mafia. He's not street. He he has figured out like the legal way to take to graft uh people with money, which is to be like a financial advisor. And so I feel yeah. like Tony has brought him around to try and learn like a higher class of uh, financial tricks uh, to build people with. And I think yeah, totally, this whole totally. episode is that basically like. <clears throat> Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, he's he's there because he knows that uh, cousin Brian has some some tricks up his sleeve, at least for like doing financial crimes. Um, so my my question about this episode: uh, Are yeah. we going to get into the actual scam now? The uh, the HUD scam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you like explain to me exactly how this works? Because I'm pretty dumb uh, when it comes to uh, financial crimes, and I only sort of kind of understand uh, what's happening here. Like they get a urologist to buy these shitty houses right and then they get a non-profit uh, to buy the shitty houses from the urologist so i guess they need their like their connected appraiser to uh appraise someone that they're in cahoots with because if they appraised some random person then that person would just like jack up the price i guess uh so anyway well, think, and uh, think the appraiser that they have jacked up the price right right but if he had jacked it up before they had their friend buy the house exactly that wouldn't have worked because yeah, that person right. would no just... it has to happen in between the appraiser so you, you first you buy it for cheap because you know first you get a house yeah. then you get the power no so he <laughs> yeah. so that yeah so then then the uh the uh maurice comes in and he's got a non-profit and so he pitches yeah. it to hud and then he gets the money from hud but then so then when he just uh his nonprofit just defaults on the mortgage, I guess that's the plan. But yeah, like, they just they default on the mortgage. Does he not suffer consequences from that? Like is there no is that not gonna hit the nonprofit's credit I, or how does that work? I, I don't know. This episode seemed to imply that like the nonprofit is already doing poorly. So oh, what's so another? This is just like, a breakout default? scheme with the nonprofit. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. They're 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 breaking it out. They're they're doing a uh, a bust out, which right. is like you know, when the mafia just like keeps bilking a you know the credit of yeah. a business and they uh, buy things until, on credit with no with no plans to repay and then just right yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's the scam. Uh, to me, I was less interested in how it was done than kind of like why it was done. Um, and it seemed to me because they wanted this to be the episode where you really see kind of like how the mafia is uh, 
able to use kind of their like even their little random ticky tack connections like the connection to an assemblyman like on the scale of like mafia connections from like back in the day yeah. when they were like he's not help. like a senator he, he's like a yeah oh he's an assemblyman like yeah. i don't even i don't think i i don't even know my assemblyman yeah no i don't think anybody does I'm yeah i don't even what i don't know what assembly is <laughs> well it depends on your state i would think your state do we have assemblies are we sp- is it are we supposed to go to them i believe the california has an assembly of some kind or like a state senate i don't know man I don't we know. have an it's, assembly, man. I think each department, each well, not department, but each county has a definitely each county. Has an assembly, okay, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know what they do, but uh, me neither. But yeah, I, I do like. Thing, I do like. I, I mean, know. I do like the idea that this is sort of about like the degradation of uh, '60s radical culture, where yeah, especially. I mean, this came out in 2002. Like the early aughts was basically every. I mean. The spirit of 60s radicalism was basically dead by that point for the most part. And these guys are kind of like, yeah, nothing we've done has worked. And so we're just going to cash out now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the real gangster uh, of this episode uh, is uh, former 60s radicals turned uh, <laughs> turned politicians. But bef- before we get to that, I did want to talk about Brian. Like Brian shows up to Polly's. uh welcome home party and immediately he's like doing uh you know shots off a stripper's tit and then uh he wakes up without his pants in the strip club and i love that scene because like for a straight guy like brian like waking up without your pants in a strip club you're like oh shit i'm like in big trouble now i don't know what i gotta do but he wakes up and there's just like four other mafia dudes there and they're like oh yeah this was this is basically yeah. a normal Thursday for us. You want to get breakfast? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, doesn't he have like a wife who's going to worry? <laughs> you, he seems like the type of guy who would need to at the very least check in or but be I, like, oh, yeah. I'm staying here tonight. I get it. I get, I like, I understand why you would be attracted to that life. You know, <laughs> it would, I mean, I couldn't do it because, you know, I just, uh, I need to sleep in my own bed, but you, you do wonder yeah. what Tony had to tell Carmela that they were doing that night. And usually the Sopranos sort of gets into that, but this time it was kind of just like, Oh yeah, no, she, she just expects pr- him to stay out all night. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think it's like, you know, it's, it just reminds me of that scene from Goodfellas where like he comes home late at night and then, you know, he gets <laughs> yelled laugh. at and then the mother comes out uh, and also yells at and then he just goes right back into the car and they drive away. It's <laughs> yeah. like at some point you do that early in the marriage. Then you just realize, oh, this is life now. So occasionally he's <laughs> oh, coming home. What time it is, man. That's how she got that house. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it's the first episode and she pulled out that fucking AK. Yeah. She, she knows what's going on. Yeah, she, she knows what's mad, up. But she yeah. knows what's going on. And Tony can just yeah. say like, oh, I'm working, which kind of like reminded me of my life a little bit just because like, you know, I, I'm not in the mafia, but I do work from home. So I can definitely, <laughs> you know, my wife will be walking walking around the house and uh, and she'll and she'll look at me and I'm probably just like watching a fucking stupid movie on my laptop in my underwear, like in the middle of the day. And, <laughs> and I'll be like, what? No, this is my job. That's what I do. <laughs> this is what pays yeah. Almost half the bills around here. <laughs> Almost half. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm putting food into my kids' mouths right now. <laughs> and then you just keep watching Justice League. Yeah, uh, um, yeah no, I mean, uh, 
I think he, you know, Carm. Carm knows what's up, and yeah. uh, she has, I think, a very distinct set of rules when it comes to Tony. It's like, you know, as long as I don't know about it, and no one fucking else knows about it, save mm-hmm. for the you know tight knit. As long group as of, me and as long as I don't, and none of my Harvey friends know about it, then it's right. Fine. Exactly. Exactly. Then it's fine, and uh, you know, of course, it's not fine because she's she's going around fantasizing about uh furio you know that's mm. that, furio. Like, i never yeah. got that i never when i was watching this yeah like in in 2002 i was just like why furio come on you got that italian accent you got the long hair it's like come yeah does. he really you want to risk that yeah F-R? yeah yeah i can, I yeah. can it see is, metal I, I can see metal's looking hot metal's yeah no for real like, God, damn. metal's looking <laughs> Hell yeah, I could see him is. fucking Carmella because, you know, she's in a desperate mood. But this thing where they made him, like, you know, have this... Uh, have this puppy have dog this, like, crush? Yeah, a puppy dog crush that lasts, like, four or five episodes. At this point in the in this story arc, I'm like, could you guys just fuck already? Because, like, seeing yeah. grown-ass people in, like, unrequited puppy dog love with each other is kind of disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I, I have a clip of uh, the entire Furio Carm story arc. Uh, the first one is called Furio Horny. Hello? Carmela, it's me, Furio. I guess I missed you this morning. I was in the bathtub. Uh, the reason I call, uh, <laughs> I leave my sunglasses in some place. I don't know. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, well, let me have a look around. So, um, how is everything? How's your dad? And not so good. But I get the pictures from the houseworm, finally. Oh, good. Bring him next time. I will. There's a pretty one of you. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I don't want to wait for all lives to be over. Will it be? Yes, so will it be? I love his broken English is where he just calls it the house warm. Is the house warm. Yeah, we yeah. We have the house you know, the pictures are from the house warm. I honestly I I need to say that like I don't I agree with you uh, uh, uh Greg I called you Edward. I agree that's with you fine. Edward Greg. That's that's fine. Uh no, I agree <laughs> with you Greg like <laughs> like uh I like I get Carmela being attracted to to Furio, but like Furio being attracted to Carmela, I'm like, I mean, I, like she she's she is a beautiful woman, but I, I'm just saying, yeah. like to risk everything. Well, I mean, it I seems get him like strange. maybe being attracted to her, but spending all this time like mooning over her feels weird. It feels weird, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like it it is just kind of like it's cute to me a little bit, so I kind of let it go. Like I I. I like watching the kind of like the softer side of Furio because he's so, uh, you know, because he was introduced as such like a badass. Like, it, like the first time we ever see him like in action, he's like beating the shit out of like a random kid on the street in Italy, just like <laughs> kicking them in the face and shit. And then like, you know, uh, he's just like doing all these like sociopathic things. And then he's also like, will you come to the house one party? It will be great. I like. I just. Mm, there's something about it that I'm like. I get it. It's good. I also just love. I love that Italian accent. It's so. It's so weird. One time, me and Francesca, we went to uh, 
we went to stay uh, at this in Joshua Tree. We like camped out at this place, and it was owned by like an like a very Italian man. Yeah, and uh, like he was clearly like a, a a dude who like his business was renting out yurts and also <laughs> fucking strangers. Yeah, nice. like that was his thing. And so when we drove up to like get into the place, uh, I said like, "How are you?" And he looked at me and he goes fantastic and i was like wow <laughs> you it. just fucked like love that was it, it was uh, so think, there's something about that accent how much does joshua tree pay like the in, entertainment industrial complex to just constantly have uh you know things happening in joshua tree? like every uh show or movie set in la that has a love story in it they're gonna go to joshua tree at some point it's a beautiful location, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous. They got all still, those still cheap too. I look yeah, at probably in Joshua Tree every day. Yeah, still cheap. Great yeah. investment at Sharp Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can stay at like a you know at a cheap place for a little bit, and then doing doing shrooms in Joshua Tree is free. They might as well just sell them up there. I don't know. They should just have like a store. They really should. And my, yeah, just they should, you know. it should come with like a map. You know, when they give you the map, they should also give you the shrooms. Just like you know, it's part of it. I think that's but, something uh, to, of the, with the LA psyche too, where where you're just like subconsciously, you're like, God, I wish we could go to a place with less water and fuck up, fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? LA is fine. Um, Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, yeah, they, uh, you know, uh, Furio is now uh, just just completely in love with Carm, calling her for no reason just to look for sunglasses just so he can talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um and Which would be uh, nice. I like. I agree with you. I like the. I like the added layer to Furio's character. But uh, I do need like after three episodes of a, him being like sad Italian man, I need to see him like beat someone up just to sort of uh, just as like a squeeze of lime in there. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's very Dawson's Creek, and they're they're not giving us anything more than Dawson's Creek, which is. Uh, which is too bad because that's like one of the things that made Furio a good, uh, an interesting character was that, yeah, he was like, you know, very good at putting on like a normal person smile at an event with regular people and then also being a sociopathic murderer. It was like, that's what <laughs> yeah. made him interesting. Um, and then uh, the second part of the arc, because there's only two scenes um, with uh, Furio and Carm is uh, Furio um, going over uh, to Tony and Carmela's place and not coming in. And uh, I, I have a clip of that as well. Furio, hi, good morning. Good morning. Come in, what are you doing out in the cold? Today I'll wait in the car, I think. I don't wait. Why don't you want some coffee? <laughs> the motor uh, is acting funny. I need to keep my foot on the gas pedal. Oh, okay. I was looking forward to seeing those pictures, though. Okay, I'll let Tony know you're here. So open up your morning light and say a little prayer for right. You know that if we are to stay alive and see the love in every Such good just... writing on this show. It's yeah. so, like, so many, like, undertones of things that I didn't realize when I was really watching it back in the day. Yeah, so this, since yeah. I'm going to take the, I need to keep the gas, my feet on the gas pedal when he's yeah. really taking his foot off the gas pedal with yeah. his, these emotions. Yeah. It's, 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 it's beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great writing. There's a lot of uh, yeah. puppy love in this episode because, you know, it's like about Carmen Furio. It's about Adriana and Christopher. and uh, oh, And it's about Tony and Arena against all odds. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. But so before yeah. that, you know, while they're doing this HUD scam, there's like the moment with uh, the Chai Lights and uh, like mm-hmm. Tony takes the time to correct Maurice about which label that the Chai Lights are on and then the Chai Lights come back later. And I don't... I really don't know the purpose for that little anecdote. Like, what was I that? I think it's a joke. That's a no, joke. No, I don't see the pur- the purpose was. Yeah, 
Tony was trying to relate to Maurice, like, yo, I know, I know black folk shit too. You know, it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Shit. It's like, I, I, he was trying to, because they both know they're going to do this scam that's going to affect black people. Right. But Tony's right. also like, hey, we're kind of in the same boat. And yeah. I know your shit. We kind of grew up around the same time. Yeah. And I just yeah. want to let you sh- show you that. Yeah, I know this music as well, and I know your shit too. That makes yeah, sense. Like yeah. the first when I heard him say it, I thought it was gonna tie into Hesh somehow because I like Hesh's thing was, uh, you know, signing away the publishing of uh, musicians. So I thought, right, I, right. like I thought he was gonna come into play. Like Tony knew that because Hesh had screwed them out of money somehow. But uh, I guess maybe yeah. it was just like I had the wrong expectation of when he was talking. I mean, th- yeah, I think they make it clear uh, that they all. You know, they're all very Newark-based people. So, like, you know, in the scene where they're all taking a schwitz, they're talking about, like, the Newark riots, and they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that <laughs> and whatnot. He reminds him of... Uh, they're, they're, like, rem- they're reminiscing about, like, 60s uh, radicalism, and Tony and Ralphie are, are just bored out of their minds being like, well, hey, can we, uh, can we talk about the scam we're going to do? Because... <laughs> I, I kind of saw it different. I saw it as like they were while they were relating, you know, uh, talking about like being 60s radicals. Um, it was like their crew, like Maurice and Zellman's crew were like these like, um, you know, leftist radical hippies, you know, doing activism. And Tony and Ralphie's crew were just mafiosos doing mafia shit. And so, like, at one point, you know, he uh, asked if he had heard of this guy, something Imperioli. And then he, you know, he said, oh, yeah, who do you think we were fighting against? And it's clear that, like, there was a contingent of, like, Italian white supremacists, Uh like, who were uh, possibly mobbed up, you know, uh, and were fighting against people like like Maurice, you know, and, um, you know, and Zellman. So this group you got now, the Urban Housing League, what's the story there? Like many nonprofits, we um, fallen on hard times. Republican administration plus a proliferation of new charities post 9-11. Uh-oh. Where were you? You know what that sound means, ladies and gentlemen. That sound means that they just mentioned 9-11 in an episode of The Sopranos, which means we are doing our regular segment, Who Did 9-11, in which I ask our guest, Who Did 9-11? So, Greg Edwards. Oh, this is beautiful. Who did 9-11, Greg? Uh, Everybody. Everybody is the perfect answer. Everybody did 9-11. We all did it together. We held hands. We We all all jumped. We all did this. This is collectively. This is a we are are the world. Uh, We held hands and jumped into the building like Toy Story 3. We all all did this shit. It was both an inside and an outside job. (laughs) Totally. I love it. What are the best inside jobs are the outside ones. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, we all did this. I mean, the voters did it. Uh, yeah, the baby boomers did it. The uh, Gen Z did it. We all we all did it. Yeah, all we right. all have our own collective part of it. They also yeah. uh, this was not the only nine eleven reference in this episode. That was just one of a few. There's, I know there were many, but I yeah. had to pick one, and sure. so I figured I'd pick the one where he said nine eleven. Because there's also the moment. There's also the moment where Tony's like justifying uh, screwing over the taxpayers to Brian by being like, "Oh, what's the government going to do for pay for more airport security? See how that worked out." (laughs) By the way, um, 
I love so much that in the moment in which Tony reveals to Brian that he actually did this game that he was just talking about, um, like his first thing, like ethically was, well, it's not about that. It's about the ethics. I mean, the American taxpayer to in that (laughs) moment, give a shit about the American taxpayer over like what is clearly a huge abuse of low income and working class people, black people specifically. And just to be like, the, the American taxpayer is well, is the perfect response well, for a character plus, like Brian who's in finance. Brian's job is his entire job is finding tax shelters for people. Right, <laughs> right. That's a good point. That's <laughs> like, a good point. That's how their that's, relationship started. Was uh, hey, you want to hide your money from the government? This is how you do it. That's it's, right. There's so much duality in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it's just filled with duality, man. Yeah, the it's, crackheads it, and uh, uh-huh. Michael. Uh, doing. I mean, Christopher shooting mm-hmm. up. You know, it's just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good kind of comes to a head in the AJ storyline, which yes, was my favorite of the episode, and like one of his greatest lines in there. So like Tony's telling him all about the church and blah blah blah, and how they had this like thriving community, and we take care of our people, and uh, and AJ says. Yeah, but who gives a fuck about Newark? (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Um, I I actually that's uh, that I think is my favorite my favorite scene. So I do have uh, a clip of just uh, Tony trying to relay the Italian American (laughs) experience to AJ and AJ just not fucking getting it. Um, Yeah, great grandfather helped build that almost eighty years ago. There's a stonemason, the old man. Came over from Avelina with $4 in his pocket. Yeah, but I, I saw in a book where you could get a hotel room for like 10 cents a week then. Right, your room service must have been like one or two cents a meal. Talk about history here, AJ. Your family's history. Newark's history. Well, who gives a shit about Newark? I'm making a point. <laughs> Snaybold used to be beautiful. 100% Italian. The 1920s, most of them right off the boat. Most Italians couldn't even find a church that wanted them. So what did they do? Did they cry? Did they go to the government with their hand out? No. They took care of their own problems. They said, you don't want us in your church? Fine. We'll build our own. We learned to do crime the American way. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, a part of of me uh, loves the... Loves that thing with uh, that Italians and Irish people have mm-hmm. done in this country too. I love that the Irish was like, you know, let's just be cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking I'm like, hey, we're here. Yeah. Let's find a system where we can get in. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. Fuck it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. How, how Filipinos are just like, hey, you know what? We're going to be nurses. Yeah. We're going to infiltrate this whole medical system and get in this way yeah. and fuck it up uh, that way. I, I fucking, I respect it. I, I love yeah. it. So I just always think about the meeting where people are like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Everyone gonna, gets together. Your community of immigrants get together and they go like, okay, all right. You're going to be a fucking fireman. Right. <laughs> your family's going to be a fucking cop. Yeah, and we're gonna exactly. Keep it. Your kid's going to be a cop and then yeah. we're going to work our way in that shit. I, yeah, I yeah. I love it. I like the you idea. own a grocery store. Yeah. You all, it's just like everyone is just figuring out what their thing is. Smart. And I like all, to think that the yeah. Irish were like, hey, we should open restaurants. And then everybody's like, 
Nah, you get no. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> you guys aren't good yeah. at that. Let's no. Yeah. And they're like, you, oh, you can do bars, and he's yeah. like, no, I want to open a fucking restaurant. Why can't they let me cook? And it's like, cause you you boil chicken. <laughs> no one wants to eat your boiled chicken. There's a stat that I always read because I always think that I've hallucinated it, and it can't possibly be right. But like. The actual stat is that Irish laborers, like before the potato famine, were eating 14 pounds of potatoes a day, like the av- like on average. And I, and I just try to like imagine how that could possibly be fucking true. But uh, yeah, that's what they say. I have God. trouble getting through one baked potato. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I love like, potatoes, but 14 oh, fucking I'll- pounds. A day? Oh my a god! A day! A day! Holy shit! God, no they must cabbage. Have... No, yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah. Come on, add something to it. I hope no you guys cabbage. put like butter, sour cream, and chives on that shit. Fuck. Potatoes um, are bomb, though. I mean, potatoes oh no, potatoes are... are great. Don't get me wrong. You potatoes would need six pounds of sour cream and butter to make them taste good. That's true. That's <laughs> my god! True. All the seasoning in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fucking. Uh, so. First, I love so much that uh, AJ, I think he he doesn't do it on purpose. I think he's just built like this where he just cannot follow Tony reverently into this Italian-American immigrant myth. And accidentally like, calls him out perfectly. Like when he says, yes, who yeah. gives a shit about Newark? Like that's the most damning comment he could make. Because it's like, you're talking about this neighborhood that you built that you literally moved me out of and I have zero right. connection to now. And fucking uh, like when he was like, he came here with nothing. He came here with $4 in his pocket. And he was like, yeah, but back then you could get a hotel room for 10 cents. And so it was like immediately just like $4 wasn't nothing back then. Yeah. That was like six months rent then. Oh, yeah, exactly. AJ is always the moral compass of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of the show. He's he always... always he's, accidentally the moral compass right because he hasn't <laughs> yeah no go ahead, go ahead Vince. he has not learned the rationalizations like meadow is expert meadow yeah. is like a jedi at, have, at about immediately learning all the the uh the bullshit rationalizations that they do but aj is yeah. is smart enough to understand the uh the meat of it but way too stupid to fake it yeah yeah he doesn't tell me tell so wants him to be like this there's something that he I love their relationship because Tony's a Tony's dumb, but he's smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But AJ's dumb, dumb. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Tony yeah. wants him to be like, God, he's like, God, man, I just wanted you to be better. Yeah, yeah. Me. you can see. And, yeah. Tony's genius comes through when they're doing the scam and Zellman's like, what you're gonna steal the pipes out of the house? Like you're already you're already making a windfall on this. And Tony's like, no, 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 no. Uh, like the whole point of every scam is to chisel every last penny out of it, and uh, yes. and that's how you build. That's how you like have to do fewer of these things, or that's how you you know whatever whatever his rationalization is. But like the idea that he just oh, knows, squeeze every penny out of it. Yeah, his instinct, like he his instinct is just to to squeeze every penny out of it. Yeah, and Tony, but Tony is smart, you know. But he's like a he's a smart uh, he's a smart dumb guy, exactly yeah. like like you were saying. And uh, and yeah, no, the, the I think that's the problem with AJ, and it's one of the big frustrations that like Tony has with him is like not only is he dumb, but he's not he's he's just it's like he's just smart enough 
or just defiant enough that he won't even as a dumb guy go along with like the 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 fancy narrative like to have the narrative of the italian american immigrant story just go in one ear and out the other and he's just like i just want to play xbox like (laughs) well he has he has zero striver in him like his dad has raised him wealthy and so like he has he has no conception of what you would need to do to strive or to like survive in that situation he's just like yeah but what about room service though (laughs) i love what tony realizes that he can't even be like a mobster yeah right you can't even do this it's like oh man you're fucked yeah no he's like he's he's too weak and stupid he knows that he wouldn't last as as a mafioso but he want he at least wants him to like have respect for you know the italian american immigrant experience and he's just like no i don't i don't care like he's just he's like he's the most like i think honest portrayal of a kid that age with like who comes from that like uh economic background who's just like dad i don't care i want to skateboard right now he comes from suburbia like the entire ethos of suburbia is that you have no connection to anything else like the only thing you understand in suburbia is like safety and security because that's the whole point of it it's like you move you move away from whatever your community is uh and like the trade-off is that you can be like comfortable like there's no culture there there's no yeah there's no like tribal allegiance it's just like your only allegiance is to So uh, i have to a washing homeowners machine association and i have a car now yeah safety um, God, that sounds so beautiful. It sounds like a nice <laughs> life. Like I get it, I understand it. Fuck but, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I'm not, you know, fucking, yeah. you know, living in San Francisco all that time. All the shit everywhere, needles and just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. get get on, get out of here, man. I just want to be just yeah. pull up in a driveway. All oh, the trash yes. cans are in a clean, straight line. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a Starbucks on the corner. Yeah, Every, no trash. Yeah, that shit sounds fucking great. People, ha- everybody running in the morning. Yeah, just, oh, God, just feed me, feed me all that. Yeah, you yeah. really have to like have this false romantic romantic idea of like what living in a urban center is in order to put up with the day to day bullshit required yeah. to live yeah. there. And I think you get that when you don't live there. Uh, And I think that's one of the things with Tony. Like, Tony always likes to harken back to, like, this this struggle uh, of the past that he has never had to experience at all. Um, But he he romanticizes that struggle and the, like, you know, uh, the kind of uh, his... His urban roots, you know, and, and uh, you know, living in Newark. I feel like my, my dad kind of did the same thing uh, when uh, he would talk. My dad grew up in Newark and he would talk about it like it was, uh, I don't know, like it was a credit, like the way that like <laughs> comics talk about, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> like like being on fuse tv or whatever the fuck like (laughs) you just it was just a credit for him he was like yeah i grew up in newark and you know and then like the thing is to go back as an adult and be like oh man can you believe this like fancy sandwich shop this used to be this used to be a shoe store and like oh this was uh this was old yeah. Tommy's pork store, and like yeah, exactly. Like, can you believe this? This Starbucks here. This used to be uh, a place where I saw people get murdered and shoved into like <laughs> yeah. boarded up houses. No, yeah, it is. Uh, it is definitely like yeah. It's a weird nostalgia thing that a lot of people from Newark have for Newark. But um, 
But yeah, uh, what I find particularly interesting, and I said this earlier though, is that like in that scene where Tony is talking to AJ, he is explicitly, without saying it, comparing everything to the current occupants of Newark, which are black people. And he's not he's not saying, you know, look at these black people. They don't live, you know, they don't take care of their neighborhood. He's not like explicitly saying that. But well, Ralphie he already com- said it. Well, yeah, Ralphie had said it explicitly. But like, I feel like what Tony <laughs> is doing is he is not just telling AJ, like, here's some Newark history. He is trying to justify for himself why it is okay that he's about to rip off <laughs> right. this community. Well, the best line yeah. is is uh, them bonding in the in the steam room, and he's like, "Hey, we were neighbors." And Ralphie goes, "Yeah, that's why he moved." <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah. yeah, and it's true. That's like literally the truth. And uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is a, it's a great scene and i just love aj just sitting there and just being like you know i want to get a psp you know <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love aj so much he's just like i want to listen to new metal bands and do yeah. tony I mean, hawk yeah. i forget what episode it was when he was like cuz aj starts playing football yeah. and i guess he does good for a couple of games yes yeah yeah and then he passes out and, and then tony's like oh shit he got my shit yeah and, yeah uh, yeah yeah I just, yeah. yeah he has all of my neuroses and uh and faults but none of my like street smarts or striver right. yeah, i've given you nothing good yeah in he's my a genes. mirror that only reflects the shitty parts of his personality yeah and yeah. it's funny because christopher in the same ep- well not these are different episodes but christopher is also talking about not being able to have a kid and you yeah. know i want a son and then tony's dealing with his son yeah uh, yeah it's just a, yeah and what so th- th- that's a perfect segue into like getting into a, a little bit of like Adriana's because Adriana's storyline in this is kind of what the episode is named after watching mm-hmm. too much television. I hate this and title, by the way. It's it's a whatever title. It just seemed to kind of be it's weird to name your whole episode after the B story. But all right. Um, <laughs> I would have so called it the, the Bricks. The Bricks. Why the Bricks? Because that's like oh, AJ's line is that where Tony's like, what do you think? Hell oh, yeah. What do you think held this uh t- this church together all these years? And he, and he, he goes, goes, I don't know the bricks. The bricks. It, yeah. <laughs> I do love that. I love that. Uh, uh, Brian at one point says to Tony, "Buy land." You know, God's not making it any more of it. You know, that's what Will Rogers said. And then at the end of this conversation with, with uh, AJ, he just looks at him. He goes. By land, AJ. By <laughs> yeah. land. Yeah. <laughs> just, you have no hope except to become like some sort of real estate magnate. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way it's going to work out is if you buy some land. But um, so Adriana is watching some random procedural on television and uh, it sees the show called Murder One. Murder One. Yeah. Which was canceled, I assume. Uh, and sees that the character on the show uh you know said that you a wife cannot testify against the husband and that leads to an entire storyline where she's trying to convince chrissy to marry her 
uh, in, in hopes that she will not have to testify against him eventually and her well, she sees, troubles. Yeah, and she immediately sees like the hell that she will be inheriting as a mafia wife. Yeah. No, I mean it's so so sad. This is like a, she's yeah. this is a close cousin to the scene in Goodfellas where Lorraine Bracco is hanging out with all the uh mafia wives and all they talk about is like how jealous their husbands get and <laughs> and uh and they yeah. and they and all they talk about is like their hair and makeup and shit. Yeah, yeah. They smoke no, all sure. day, they got bad makeup and yep, yeah. cheap, cheap suits. Yeah, 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 and bad skin, and their yeah. teeth were yellow or some shit. Yeah, it is, it, but it's so sad because it's like, for her, like, she sees the marriage as an escape, and then, randomly, as she's trying on the dress, she has another friend who is also, like, a, you know, uh, I don't know if she's a mafia wife herself, but she's clearly an, enough in the know that, that Aid feels comfortable saying to her, you know, I won't have to testify against Chris if we get married. The and hair someone, on that woman. Whew. I know, oh, yeah. the, the up curls, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, she's got, she's got, you know, Italian Italian hair is beautiful. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it is Gorgeous hair. Um, but in that scene, you know, she goes through all this trouble to get Chris to marry her. And then the person's like oh that thing you watched on tv isn't true <laughs> yeah and i know because, this yeah because yeah. <laughs> i watched a murder she wrote about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so sad um, by the way one of the uh ladies in that scene during the the bridal shower scene uh mm-hmm. one of the guest stars anna mancini as uh donna parisi do you know her is she is she your mom is that your mom <laughs> no i don't know her maybe i do and i just don't yeah. know it Dude, you come from a long line of Mancini's, probably. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, a short line, but it's yeah. a line. You come from a line of Mancini's, <laughs> and that's important. Um, but yeah, it's a very sad episode for Adriana because she just, you know, from beginning to end, she remains trapped by, you know, the fucking relationship she's in with a junkie, trapped by the FBI, trapped by like the retrograde lifestyle that she's going to have to live if she actually marries this guy. It's just like it's such a bummer. And is he, yeah, is oh, go he ahead. like, have they, I can't remember before or after this episode, do they mm-hmm. like do a intervention with Christopher? Oh, like that's the- coming up. That I think is like in. That that's in like two or three episodes. Like okay. right now, nobody knows except for Adriana that he's like a full blown junkie. Okay. And uh, the scene where he like shoots up and then immediately almost gets hit by a car is uh, pretty excellent. <laughs> yeah, it was. Great. And it's it's so sad too because she's like she is also like trying to um, you know in trying to get married to this guy she like reveals that she may not be able to have kids and he like freaks out on her because he's high and like that's the thing about like being an opiate addict is that like your emotions are crazy your emotion you 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 blow up a lot you know easier than most would of course i think he would have blown up even if he was sober but like totally just having to deal with like a junky mafioso sociopath fucking uh dude as your boyfriend and you're like and your only way out of one problem is to get deeper into another by marrying him it's just oh it it makes me feel so bad for her and she's way too hot for this to be happening to her. smoking smoke show dude <laughs> she really blew it 
I like when the FBI agents are talking about Christopher and they call him tall, dark, and sociopathic. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, tall, Christopher? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you mean, tall, but. I, yeah. Didn't get that. I didn't get that. I never really understood the the people say tall, dark, and handsome all of the time, but I feel like that was a phrase uh, back when uh, like people, when they said dark, they meant like someone a white person with just a little a little tan skin (laughs) yeah like i used to have a joke about that like tall dark and handsome like brad pitt get the fuck out of here (laughs) where is he dark at his balls yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah um so i mean that's that's essentially aid's storyline is that um you know she uh she saw something on tv she thought it was real she goes through the whole episode she gets yelled at by chris and then she decides uh and then she gets engaged again and then she finds out the thing from tv wasn't real which is a a nice rounded story for her and then we have uh we have a little interlude at the crack house where they're cleaning up uh you know cleaning up the crack house which uh weird felt like a weird after school special all of a sudden just like inserted in there i mean here's my thing about it is that like like i said like i love so much going from the angle of like uh kind of i mean really it's about like the white immigrant experience or like the european immigrant experience is coming to this country um finding your way to get within the tent of whiteness and to use it to in specific opposition to blackness like that is that to me was like what the episode was saying about the italian american immigrant experience and myth right but But then then, there's like the weird pedantic thing where uh but they're like yes but crack is actually bad and so they clear out the crack house and there's like a random street preacher that walks by and was and says like didn't i tell you crack was bad and yeah, like, I have a, I have a clip I have a clip of that. <laughs> I told you, young people, that crack is some bad shit. <laughs> Just like <laughs> after oh, after that really dramatic scene where they shoot up a crack house and like you and know, a, and, and, and there was like a ricochet that hits the guy in the dick. Apparently, yeah, yeah the guy gets shot in the dick, and then unnecessary. Like, his sister is like Very crying. Nice, is like crying over him and it's this really tragic scene a young child their young child uh, is like looking and seeing this whole thing happen and then randomly a guy's just like i told you crack is some bad shit i'm like why is there a punchline at the end of this scene <laughs> yeah like, it was very it was very 2002 it know? was <laughs> yeah. it was just because they had to Sopranos was funny because first of all, yeah. that guy that said "I told you, crack yeah. is some bad shit." He lengthened out "I told you, crack is." He he tried to make that line as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Many black people on this show, and I yeah. want to be yeah. seen on this show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, and they had to have the kid, the guy that got shot in the dick. They made sure that he was seen pulling crack pills. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, out of his um. Uh, out of his out pocket, of his pocket. Yeah, to, yeah, to justify him being shot because he's yeah. he must be a dealer. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just very. 
It, yeah, yeah it, it did seem like they were doing well, their best to kind of like justify the violence yeah, that we and were one seeing thing in some sh- way. One thing the show never does is moralize, and that's what's great about it. But then there's like that weird moment of moralizing, and then there's like the whole like third act of the show is like people suddenly growing a conscience. Like Zelman, Zelman growing a conscience like really just bugged the shit out of me because like yeah. we know that guy's a piece of shit. Like why would why would we want to suddenly think I mean, that he feels bad about it. He's clearly a piece of shit. And I, the reason I say that is because the whole reason that whole shit went down is because when Tony is like, I guess the $7,000 will come out of your end. And he yeah. was like, well, no. And it's like, <laughs> really? You wouldn't pay $7,000 to not do violence towards like an entire group of people. Like the fact is, is that like for him, he's no one wants to give up the $7,000, which is to me is such a funny amount of money because it's like, it's not nothing, but it's also like, well, given that there's a whole, like given how much ripping off is going (laughs) on, given that you bought like cousin Brian, a like $10,000 watch or whatever. Yeah. Like $7,000. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) True. True. I mean, it's just, it just, to me, I I don't know. I felt like, uh, it is weird for him to be like, I have a conscience. And it's like, you didn't have a conscience when you were like, not willing to just give Tony $7,000 to avoid the whole thing. But, uh, um, anyways, uh, yeah, so so that kind of all uh leads to them they clear out the crack house and uh and then Zelman feels bad about it and uh meanwhile just uh, for some background I forgot to mention this Zelman has admitted to Tony that he is now dating Irina who was used to be his gumar the Russian girl and uh and Tony I think at the time took it like pretty normal, you know, yeah. he was just like, Hey, you know, uh, do what you got to do. I'm glad to, you know, get her off my payroll, whatever that meant. Um, and then, uh, I think it was literal. <laughs> yeah. I think it was literal like, too. he's still paying her. What is he paying? I, just, I think he's probably pay, paying for her apartment or some shit. Probably. Damn, that is, I gotta say that I like that in the mafia. If you're like a Gumar, like there's like a social safety net where it's like, listen, you're not <laughs> yeah. dating the boss social anymore, but net. but he'll still he'll still pay for your apartment and shit. Like that's nice. It's good to know. I got you, you know, for three years. Yeah, exactly. It's in the contract. Um, but yeah, I I, I agree. Like the the moralizing, uh, and the like guilt trip that Zelman is on is kind of strange. But I think it only exists to serve kind of the ending. Um, and, uh, I, I have a clip of, of that. You ever feel bad about any of this? What do you mean? We were going to lead a revolution, Maurice. Revolution. <laughs> the revolution got sold, Ronnie. You heard the Beatles reaching our block? Sometimes I feel like I should be punished. Come on, let's get something to eat. Later that same evening. Quiet. Quiet like a bitch. Jeez. Just, yeah, shouldn't have been just listening to the Chai Lights on the way home. Yeah. Yeah. He got just... them all emotional. Got <laughs> yeah. in his feelings, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's weird that when Tony gets in his feelings, he's just like, I got to do violence to someone. Yeah, he does. You know, that's, that's, uh, he's not. Beat him. Uh, he beat him with a belt. God. With a belt. Yeah, it <laughs> is. <man>. Uh, <laughs> It is. It's. It's a wild. It, it's a wild scene because it's. Uh. It's. It's just a really memorable scene. Yeah. And I'll never forget watching Tony beat a grown man in his underwear with a belt in front of his girlfriend because it's just like. Yeah, I think that would be the worst thing that would ever happen to me. <laughs> and he he yeah. did one of these to the woman, to, to yeah, his yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. right on the face, a little tap, and yeah. just like a hey, oh, God. Jesus. Damn. He's uh. No, like he has no frame of like nothing's going to happen to me, which yeah. must feel so amazing. Oh, man, great. You know? Can you imagine going through life and just being like, I'm untouchable? God. You know what? I'm going to beat this man with a belt. There's so many people I want to beat with a belt, and I don't do it because I know there'll be consequences. Yeah. Belt. I don't know about beat with a belt. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I with like me, that. I'm it's not- like they're an unruly child, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I- I mean, because like, there's other ways to hurt him without I mean, me that's, having to do like do the thing. I want to like you know like pour hot water over somebody or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sweat while I'm while yeah, that's true. Pain, you know. I just want to yeah. watch them. You know, I like I like that you're like no no no. I'll get. I would rather get like a task rabbit to pour some hot water. <laughs> I like that. I like that you're like that's a commitment to to like vibing. You know, you're like I want to vibe while I'm doing. I don't want to. That's like I got all the thrusted. Yeah, I don't want to get those muscles sore stabbing someone to death. No, but it's just like to me, I'm like you know because I I think about actually like punching someone, and I you know I know myself, and I know that uh. Yeah, I would feel bad. I would feel bad to actually like hurt someone, hurt someone, like you know, damage, damage on them. But like, but like, beating with a belt, I don't know. It feels feels like you got everything. You got you can have your cake and eat it too. You know, you you know you're not gonna kill them, so you're not you're not gonna get a murder charge, and they're probably not gonna charge you with assault because who wants to get it? You know, admit to getting beat by a belt. That's true too. Got I'm just saying, it's not bad. But yeah, you're emasculating him and hurting him at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it ends with uh, with that. And I will say my favorite and least favorite scenes now. I think my favorite was uh, Tony talking to AJ about the immigrant experience. I mean, I agree with you. Uh, just to be different, I will say uh, my favorite is uh, when Christopher thinks there's two uteruses. <laughs> that was a good joke. Yeah. That yeah. was a good joke. And, that uh, was great. And uh, least favorite is uh, Zellman's uh, face turn towards the end there. When he felt bad. Yeah. But he got punished, so it's, it was worth it. Sure. Dude. Do you have uh, a favorite or least favorite, Greg? Favorite scene is uh, Metal in those boots at the... Uh, <laughs> At the, uh, yes. the when the gift exchange, yeah, uh, yeah, for the bridal shower, woo. Mm. Um, and uh, least favorite was probably uh, Paulie and I forget the other gangster's name at dinner, um, under the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, yeah, Johnny Sack. Uh, yeah, Johnny. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not that it was a bad scene, uh, I just hate because I know like Johnny just hates Tony so much, and I know he's like yeah. trying to get to him in any way he can, yeah. You know? Yeah, real quick, we have a gaba vafangul. We haven't done this in a while. This mm. is uh, Italian American slang that I picked up uh, from the show. 
this was a new one for me. And honestly, I did not actually find an origin for it. But it's a racial slur that seems to be uh, a mixture of both Yiddish and Italian, I think. It was uh, the word shvug. Shvug. Yeah, I got. I don't know. Chrissy says it at one point when when he says um, when Adriana's like, "Why don't we just get uh, married at City Hall?" And he said, "Like, what are we shvugs?" And I, I had never heard that word before. But apparently, it's either a, a slang for the N word or it's a word for when white people try to act black. That's nice. That's a good. I, I remember seeing a book of just racial slurs, and I was uh, <laughs> thought it was great. I like a good racial slur. Yeah, no, everyone likes a good racial slur. It's good to know new ones. You know, it's a lot of fun. Totally. Um, it's like, but, oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah. Oh, I need to use this one. <laughs> Did he just say eggplant? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Eggplant is, I think that's one of the weirdest ones, uh, just because it's a, like. Such a good I mean, one. I mean, it, it works, I guess, but it's just it's like, beautiful. you know. Because the eggplant emoji is a dick now. It's a dick mm-hmm. now. So yeah. it's just it's just come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> and they love eating eggplant. So it's like, exactly. what do you, you know, what do you, yeah. <laughs> how is that a bad no, thing? It's all hilarious. Um, and all in all, I would give this episode. Mm, I think I would give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, I would say tough. I mean, tough, but I would say t- solid B plus. Greg, if you had to give this episode a letter grade, what would you rate this episode? I'd have to go with a B plus, guys. All right, that's fair. That's yeah. a fair, fair but grade. In, but inside, it's a yeah. C. <laughs> fair inside, enough, dude. Inside, fair enough. On the inside, it is a solid C. But for this episode, it is a solid B plus. And uh, Greg. Greg, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks we for really having appreciate me, fellas. Nice to meet you, Vince. Yeah, nice to yeah. meet you. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, um, you can check out my comedy at uh, Greg Edwards on YouTube. My Twitter is Greg the Grouch. My Instagram is uh, at Greg Comedy, which has a lot of art and some jokes, which is mostly my life. Nice. Art and jokes, yeah. I, I have uh I have one of your pieces uh in my apartment right Dude, now. You got your your homie Nipsey. Ah uh, yeah, I got Nipsey. Nipsey uh, is what's, I, feel, I always forget what's his real name because you knew him. Ermius. 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 Yeah, that's right. I didn't I didn't know him. Know him. like we didn't like go. Hey, what's no. up, Ermius? Hey, what's up, Matt Lee? You know, but no, I, I me personally, I yeah. think that's the best way to know somebody. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. same. Know them. Know them. But they don't act different around you because when you know, you know, yeah, you know somebody that's famous that was really, really famous. Yeah, and you guys went to high school with him, and you yeah. probably saw him at his locker. Yeah, exactly, which is exactly. Kind of beautiful. I would like to think that uh, if he were still alive, um, like he could pick me out of a lineup by going, "Oh yeah, I think I went to high school with that guy." It's like if y'all was at a taco truck. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And you saw him getting tacos. You'd be like. Ermius? Yeah, he right. Would, and he, he would like, be like, um, oh, uh, we had Mike? this teacher. And he'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I know you. I, my friend was about to rob you. And I was like, nah, dude's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, how how you doing? And he's like, good. Yeah. I'm a famous uh, 
huge famous rapper. What about you? I do a Sparrows podcast. Oh man, you probably would tell him you're a comedian. He'd be like, "Yeah, man, let me get you on my next album, man. Oh. Tell some jokes." <laughs> you never know. He was uh, saying, "Yeah, you never know." You know, I really fucked up by not uh, not using the connection when I had it. But oh uh, man, no, that's a beautiful connection, man. I think that's uh, I think that's dope that you knew Nip. Yeah, 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 and it and it makes me feel uh, better about myself that I didn't. Uh, you know, like hit him up and be like, hey, help me get famous. Anyways, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, we have three new Pod Yourself a Shoutout Ooh. patrons. All right. I yeah. got to put on my nickname given shoes. All right. Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the first one is Matt Phillips. Oh, Matt, Matty Phillips. We call him uh, Phillips head. We call him the screwdriver. Oh, that, wow. That was actually pretty good. It's a good, good. one. It's a good uh, one. The next one. Oh, this is obvious. The next one is uh, Will Gates. Oh, Will Gates. Uh, yeah. We call, him, uh, we call him Windows. All right. I figured oh, we were going there. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a softball, really. Yeah, it was a softball. A Microsoft ball. Uh, all right. And <laughs> Bada bing. Bada boom. Oh. Uh, hey, I'm walking here. All right. Uh, and finally, we have Alex Tam. Oh, Alex Tam. Hey, we call him uh, old tampon. Hey, tampon. <laughs> I bet he's never gotten that shitty no, nickname. You gave, instead of a mafia nickname, you just gave him like what people have been saying to him since forever but i feel like that is mafia nickname i mean there's that's a guy named big pussy point. that's true great nickname. that's, great. that's great. a great that's nickname such a great name yeah big yeah because you know there was uh, someone who was little pussy and he was like at least i'm big pussy or like on the uh, wire the guy's name snot boogie <laughs> yeah that was an unfortunate Look, one i would say uh Black folks and Italian people have the best nicknames for their friends. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 got, I got a really good friend named Sneezy. <laughs> Sneezo. We've called him Sneezo forever. Uh, yeah. I got a friend named Taco Bell. I don't even know yeah. that guy's <laughs> real name. <laughs> His name is Taco Bell. It's Taco both? Bell. I he, love he, that. He lived by Taco Bell. And, I- yeah. I had a friend who went to college and uh, decided to reinvent himself as as Tito, which was never his name, and which became Cheeto, and now people call him just Cheats. His name's Cheats. <laughs> Cheats. Cheats. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Cheats isn't Perfect. bad. Cheats. So, once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to patreon.com slash fraudcast and sign up for the $8 tier, then uh, you will be on the Pod Yourself a Shoutout tier, and you will get your name on the episode. Who and uh, wouldn't want to pay for that? Yeah, who wouldn't want to pay for Vince giving you a nickname like Tampon? You know? <laughs> That's good money you spent. Um, Patreon.com slash Frogcast. Once again, Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? Uh, 415-275-0030. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.